Section 4C. Air Expeditionary Force. Air Expeditionary Force. AEF Concept. The AEF concept provides forces and support on a rotational and relatively more predictable basis. The AEF force generation construct establishes a predictable, standardized battle rhythm to ensure operational forces are organized, trained, equipped, and ready to respond to CCDR's request for forces. Using a rotational capacity construct, deployed units undergo a period of dwell, i.e. time spent at home station, before entering another deployment, mobilization, vulnerability period. Expeditionary Capabilities The Air Force relies on the AEF as a force management tool to sustain capabilities while rapidly responding to emerging crises. The Air Force supports global combatant commander requirements through a combination of assigned, attached, rotational, and mobility forces that may be forward-deployed, transient, or operating from home station. There are four major elements of the AEF structure. Readily available force, enabler force, in-place support, and institutional force. The first three elements are components that primarily constitute the Air Force's warfighting capability and are therefore postured in unit-type codes. Readily Available Force The readily available force is the primary pool from which the Air Force fulfills Global Force Management Allocation Plan requirements. To meet these requirements, the Air Force aligns its warfighting capabilities, i.e. forces from combat, combat support, and combat service support organizations, based on requirements relative to assigned rotational capabilities for each vulnerability period. In-place support. There are two types of in-place support. Forces that almost exclusively employ in direct support of a combatant commander mission and those that represent the minimum number of requirements to support critical home station operations. In-place support forces are also included in the AEF concepts. Demand force team. Demand force teams include user assets with a unique set of mission capabilities, such as global mobility forces, special operation forces, personnel recovery forces, space forces, and other uniquely categorized forces that provide support to authorized organizations within and outside the Department of Defense. Most high-demand, low-supply assets, like these, are postured as demand force teams and will rotate as operational requirements dictate. Due to their unique nature, they cannot be easily aligned in AEF battle rhythm. However, every effort must be made to develop a sustainable plan by the Headquarters Air Force Major Command Functional Area Managers as a part of the Enabler Nomination Request Package. Institutional Force The institutional force consists of those forces assigned to organizations responsible for the Secretary of the Air Force-directed Title X functions at the Air Force level, such as organize, train, equip, recruit, supply, etc. Examples of these forces include military training instructors, technical school instructors, and personnel assigned to major commands and headquarters staff. These organizations will not posture unit-type codes in the unit-type code availability unless a waiver is granted by headquarters Air Force. Although these organizations do not represent a warfighting capability, the individuals assigned to these organizations are deployable. AEF Battle Rhythm The AEF operates on a 24-month life cycle. This cycle includes periods of normal training, preparation, and deployment vulnerability. 
For most forces, the majority of the AEF battle rhythm is spent in normal training during which forces concentrate on unit missions and basic proficiency events in accordance with applicable Air Force directives and Air Force specialty code requirements. This may include joint, Air Force, or Major Command exercise participation, such as Red Flag and Silver Flag. Most contingency and deployment training should take place during this period. This training and exercise period is also used to fill the unit's assigned committed mission requirements, filling contingency requirements for 30 days or less and crisis response needs, including humanitarian response operations and operational plans. Post-deployment reconstitution is included in this period. During the month immediately after deployment, the unit is focused on recovery. Permanent change of station or permanent change of assignment moves into and out of the unit will be deconflicted to the maximum extent possible to occur during the three-month period immediately after the vulnerability period. For forces assigned in the enabler force, unit commanders should develop a deployment schedule that provides a measure of predictability to associated airmen. However, operational requirements may force deviations from the applicable battle rhythm. Major Command Vice Commanders will ensure appropriate mechanisms are in place to ensure airmen postured as enablers are provided a measure of predictability stability. Global Force Management Global Force Management is the process the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff use to assign forces to combatant commander for mission accomplishment and allocate additional forces to combatant commanders in the event of contingency operations and apportion forces for combatant commander planning in the event contingency operations escalate. Global Force Management also provides senior decision-makers a process to quickly and accurately assess the impact and risk of proposed changes in force assignment, apportionment, and allocation. AEF Schedule The AEF schedule operates on two 12-month life cycles that align with the Global Force Management cycle and coincide with fiscal years. Prior to the beginning of every AEF cycle, Air Force Specialty Functional Area Managers will revalidate the deployment-to-dwell period alignment of their respective capability areas and realign forces if necessary. The Air Force goal is that functional areas align to the least strenuous deployment-to-dwell baseline to minimize risk to the force. Every 12 months, a new 24-month AEF schedule will be established. AEF Teaming Construct The Air Force has transitioned to the AEF teaming concept. This construct provides a better teaming concept through larger groupings of unit-type codes from fewer units' bases in order to allow airmen to deploy with their supervisors and members of their unit base. This allows for shared common experiences throughout the deployment process. However, it should be noted there will be no change to how the Air Force presents forces. Air Expeditionary Task Force Rotational Component Major Command Numbered Air Force in place. Air Expeditionary Force Schedule and Posturing. Posturing. The basic building block used in force planning and the deployment of forces is the unit type code. A unit type code is a Joint Chiefs of Staff developed and assigned code, five character alphanumeric designator uniquely identifying each type unit in the armed forces and its force capability with personnel and or equipment requirements. The assignment of a unit type code categorizes each type organization into a class or kind of unit having common distinguishing characteristics. All Air Force personnel contribute to the AEF and are inherently deployable or employable in place. Those organizations identified as a combat, 
combat support, or combat service support, or warfighting organizations will posture unit-type codes. Institutional organizations identified as other will not posture unit-type codes. Posturing unit-type codes is based on an organization's funded military authorizations as shown in Unit Manpower document. AEF forces can be postured as forces ready to deploy to support combatant commander worldwide requirements, home station requirements, or reachback support to combatant commanders. This provides balanced warfighting capabilities across the AEF construct to support combatant commander requirements. With unit chain of command involvement and major command leadership and or AEF cell oversight, major command functional area managers must determine which unit type codes to posture based on operational need, organizational specifics, and posturing codes within their functional area. Not all unit type codes will be postured. Units may be tasked to support a unit type code they have not postured as long as the unit can meet the unit type code's mission capabilities statement. The various posturing codes, P-codes, indicate the number of unit-type codes that are required for assigned, committed missions, critical home station requirements, and the number of unit-type codes available to be simultaneously tasked for deployment. DP. The minimum number of unit-type codes required to accomplish the unit's assigned, committed missions, either deployed or in place. Assigned committed missions include CCDR missions, as well as those of external organizations, agencies, that the unit must accomplish. DX represents the minimum number of unit-type code requirements to support critical home station operations. These missions are not associated with the assigned committed mission. Failure to accomplish these missions would not impact the assigned committed mission requirements of the unit. DW represents the maximum number of unit-type code requirements available to support CCDR's rotational mission. AEF Indicators All airmen will be given an AEF indicator within 15 days of date arrive station. For individuals assigned to readily available forces, their AEF indicator will correspond to the same AEF period as the unit's unit-type codes. For individuals assigned to the institutional force, the AEF indicator will correspond to an AEF vulnerability period determined by the airman's commander or equivalent. Except in cases of reaching forward, individuals will deploy during their associated AEF vulnerability period. Changing an individual's AEF indicator will be done only under extenuating circumstances along with permanent change of station or permanent change of assignment. AEF Indicator Association Review Prior to the start of each AEF schedule, unit commanders will review AEF indicator codes of assigned airmen to ensure they match unit type code alignment. In the case of the institutional force, organization commanders or equivalent will review AEF indicator codes to ensure equal distribution across the five vulnerability periods to the maximum extent possible while meeting the needs of the organization. Deployment Planning Systems and Tools Adaptive Planning and Execution System, APEX Joint operation planning occurs within a system of joint policies, procedures, and reporting structures known as APEX. APEX is supported by communications and information technology that is used by the joint planning and execution community to monitor, design, plan, execute, and assess mobilization, deployment, employment, sustainment, redeployment, and demobilization activities associated with joint operations. 
APEX formally integrates the planning activities of the Joint Planning and Execution Community and facilitates the seamless transition from planning to execution during times of crisis. APEX is the physical, virtual, and policy structure through which national strategic guidance is translated all the way down to levels used by the Air Force to plan and execute deployment activities. National strategic guidance proceeds through the following levels down to Air Force-specific guidance on deployment and support for the AEF. National Level Strategies The National Security Strategy is prepared by the President for Congress, outlining our nation's major security concerns and how the administration plans to address them using all instruments of national power, diplomatic, informational, and economic, as well as military. The National Defense Strategy describes how the Department of Defense will support the objectives lined out in the National Security Strategy, as well as providing a framework for other Department of Defense guidance, specifically on deliberate planning, force development, and intelligence. The National Military Strategy provides the Chairman Joint Chief of Staff advice regarding the security environment. It also defines national-level military objectives, i.e. ends, how to accomplish these objectives, ways, and addresses the military capabilities required to execute the strategy, means. The Quadrennial Defense Review helps articulate the latest national security strategy and national defense strategy by defining force structure, modernization plans, and budget plans. Unified Command Plan The Unified Command Plan establishes combatant command missions and responsibilities, addresses assignment of forces, delineates geographic areas of responsibility for geographic combatant commanders, and specifies responsibilities for functional combatant commanders. Guidance for Employment of the Force The Guidance for Employment of the Force provides two-year direction to combatant commanders for operational planning, force management, security cooperation, and posture planning. The Guidance for Employment of the Force is the method through which the Secretary of Defense translates strategic priorities in the National Security Strategy, National Defense Strategy, and Quadrennial Defense Review into implementable direction for operational activities. Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan The Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan is the primary vehicle through which the Joint Chiefs of Staff exercise responsibility for directing the preparation of joint plans. The Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan provides military strategic and operational-level guidance to combatant commanders, service chiefs, combat support agencies, and applicable Department of Defense agencies for preparation of combatant commanders' ongoing steady-state campaign plans, as well as plans for specific contingencies or operations based on current military capabilities. The Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan is the link between strategic guidance provided in the Guidance for Employment of the Force and joint operation planning activities and products that accomplish that guidance. U.S. Air Force War and Mobilization Plan, WMP The WMP is the Air Force's five-volume supporting document to the Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan. The WMP volumes provide the air staff, planners, and commanders with current policies, planning factors, and chairman joint chief of staff apportioned forces for conducting and supporting operations. The five volumes consist of Volume 1, Basic Plan and Supporting Supplements, WMP-1, provides a consolidated reference source for general policies and guidance for mobilization planning and the support of combat forces in war and other operations. Volume 2, Plans Listing and Summary. 
WMP-2, is the single-source listing of all active plans with time-phased force and deployment data, or at least the Air Force portions of the time-phased force and deployment data. Part 1 lists all combat and commander plans required by the Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan. Part 2 consists of the supporting plans written by component headquarters in support of Part 1, including the Air Force Service component. Volume 3, Combat and Support Forces, WMP-3, contains four parts. Part 1 lists combat forces. When building the Air Force time-phased force and deployment data to accompany plans, component headquarters use only forces identified in Volume 3, Part 1. Part 2 lists the Air Force unit type code availability, containing all postured unit type code capability in the Air Force. Part 3 contains the Air Force Readiness Spares Package Authorization Document. Part 4 contains the capability annexes to the AEF Force Presence Policy, which describes how the Air Force makes its forces available through assignment, apportionment, and allocation to combatant commanders. Volume 4, Wartime Aircraft Activity, WMP-4, documents aircraft movement and operation by geographic location in plans listed by current year, Part 1, and one year out, Part 2. It also provides guidance for and lists war reserve material, mission-oriented items, and non-aircraft unit-related ration requirements, again by location. Volume 5. Basic Planning Factors and Data, WMP-5, provides approved U.S. Air Force planning factors by aircraft type and theater, serving as a basis for establishing worldwide support for programmed force levels based on aircraft apportioned in the WMP-3 in support of the Joint Strategic Capabilities Plan. The information contained in the WMP's volumes provide the basis for Air Force component-level planning in support of combatant commanders' theater and functional campaign plans. These specify strategies for the combatant commander's steady state, ongoing operations in support of national guidance. The WMP also supports deliberate planning for specific contingency operations, which are generally specific branches or sequels of combatant commanders' campaign plans, and which may be developed into detailed on-the-shelf concept plans with or without an Air Force time-phased force and deployment data or operation plans. These concept plans and operation plans then often form the basis of crisis action planning for related contingencies. Such plans will contain tasking for the Air Force service component as well as the joint or combined functional air component. Crisis action planning will further develop requirements into specific operation orders such as warning, planning, alert, and execute orders applicable to particular units. It is important to realize, however, that commanders and planners can reach down from any of the levels explained above and require base or unit-level deployment planning, and sometimes execution, from theater campaign plans all the ways down to crisis execution orders. Base-level deployment, planning, and execution. Force presence. All Air Force personnel contribute to the AEF. Air Force Personnel Center, or other designated force manager, supports AEF operations by identifying the most ready and available forces as part of unit type codes or as individuals to meet the stated requirement. Designated Operational Capabilities Statement Document prepared by a parent major command that consolidates reporting criteria and information based on authoritative data sources requirements and functional manager inputs. 
The Designed Operational Capabilities Statement compiles Core Mission Essential Task List, War and Mobilization Plan, Unit Type Code Availability, and Specific Resources Units as required to report. The Designated Operational Capabilities Statement ensures standards of reporting and to assist the units and commanders with gathering and reporting readiness data. Mission Capability Statement a short paragraph describing the mission capabilities that higher headquarters planners expect of a specific unit type code. The statement usually contains pertinent information, such as the type of base where commanders will deploy the unit, the unit's functional activities, and other augmentation requirements necessary to conduct specific missions. Operation Plan An operation plan is any plan for the conduct of military operations prepared in response to actual or potential contingencies. They are based upon stated assumptions and are in the form of directive employed by higher authority to permit subordinate commanders to prepare supporting plans and orders. Combatant commanders create operation plans in response to strategic-level guidance, and commanders of subordinate commands may also create them in response to requirements tasked by the establishing unified commander. Operation plans are prepared in either complete format, containing a full description of the concept of operations, all annexes applicable to the plan, and a time-phased force and deployment data, or as a concept plan with or without a time-phased force and deployment data. Time-phased force and deployment data. When developing or executing plans, a time-phased force and deployment data is the database used to coordinate the movement of forces into their operational locations, almost like a baseball team's batting order. The time-phased force and deployment data includes forces from all services and their movement requirements. A time-phased force and deployment data contains critical information to include the time-phasing of forces by sea dates to specific destinations, called routing data. Additionally, through the use of unit type codes, this information includes personnel and equipment details. A time-phased force and deployment data is a deployment planning and execution tool containing live data that changes frequently. Time-phased force and deployment data provide a prioritized list of what unit type codes deploy in support of a particular plan, catalog combatant commander requirements, route forces, and establish transportation requirements. Time-phased force and deployment data must be prioritized due to all services competing for the movement assets. Installation Deployment Readiness Cell Centralized function aligned under the Logistic Readiness Squadron Commander and located within the Logistic Readiness Squadron responsible for identifying, validating, and distributing deployment taskings and information. The Installation Deployment Readiness Cell is the day-to-day -day focal point for all deployment and execution operations. The permanent staff consists of the Installation Deployment Officer, Logistic Readiness Squadron Logistic Plans and Integration, and Force Support Squadron Personnel Readiness Flight Personnel. Installation Deployment Officer The designated military or federal civilian fully qualified logistics readiness officer that acts on behalf of the host installation wing commander in directing, controlling, coordinating, and executing the deployment of in-place, home station, and aggregated contingency forces and installation deployment exercises, to include tenant units. Figure 4.1 provides the steps involved within a tasking process. Installation Personnel Readiness 
The Installation Personnel Readiness is an office in the Force Support Squadron responsible for providing installation-wide personnel deployment planning and execution and personnel support in matters pertaining to deployment availability information, personnel accountability, and duty status reporting for contingency, exercise, and deployments. Installation Personnel Readiness responsibilities are covered in the following five categories Planning, Global Command and Control System, Accountability, Deployment Processing, and General. Unit Deployment Manager The Unit Deployment Manager is appointed by the Unit Commander to manage all deployment readiness and training aspects for deployable personnel and equipment within their unit to ensure they are deployment ready. In addition, Unit Deployment Managers support redeployed personnel in the redeployment support process and serve as the primary liaison to the Unit Training Manager, Flight Squadron Leadership, Wing Training Functions regarding deployment-related issues, and Installation Deployment Readiness Cell. AEF Online Commander's Toolkit Commander's Toolkit is a non-secure internet protocol routernet-based system that provides information on deployment readiness, including individual medical readiness data, at the unit level for commanders via the Commander's Toolkit tab on every page of AEF Online, Non-Secure Internet Protocol Router. This tool was specifically built for base-level commanders, unit deployment managers, and other key staff to monitor and manage the deployment status of their units and email unit members with outstanding requirements directly from the tool. Personal Deployment Preparedness Tool The Personal Deployment Preparedness Tool provides personalized information at the individual level for all uniformed airmen. The information provided includes members' duty status, security clearance, AEF indicator, medical requirements, immunizations, medical equipment, deployment availability codes, dental status, preventative health assessment and laboratory requirements, and total force awareness training and basic airman readiness, expeditionary skills proficiency pre-deployment training requirements extracted from the advanced distributed learning system. AEF unit type code reporting tool. AEF reporting tool measures AEF readiness at the unit type code level. Force providers are involved in AEF reporting tool reporting as AEF reporting tool monitors or as suppliers receivers of AEF reporting tool reporting information. AFI 10-244 Reporting Status of Aerospace Expeditionary Forces provides guideline for assessing and reporting unit type code capabilities, reporting guidelines, and details daily maintenance requirements. Through their unit AEF reporting tool monitors, commanders report the ability of a unit type code to perform its mission capability statement anywhere in the world at the time of the assessment. AEF reporting tool highlights missing resources and quantifies missing requirements for additional justification when submitting budgets. AEF reporting tool is the only assessment system that reports at the unit type code level and is the primary system used to source unit type codes for taskings and contingencies. Commanders ensure AEF reporting tool is accurate and up-to-date. Inaccurate AEF reporting tool reporting leads to taskings that exceed capability, shortfalls, reclamas, delays in filling combatant commander requirements, and airmen receiving short-notice taskings. Commanders conduct two types of unit-type code assessments in AEF reporting tool, readiness assessments and tasking assessments. Readiness stoplight assessments, green, yellow, or red, indicate whether a unit-type code can perform its mission capability statement anywhere in the world at the time of the assessment. To report accurately, 
Commanders and unit AEF reporting tool monitors, who may also be the unit deployment manager, must know their unit type code's requirements and the status of their personnel and equipment and actions required to bring all unit type codes to green.